Pure Wow presents Stream On, your weekly download of TV and streaming news and reviews. And now, your hosts, Phil Mutz, Pure Wow's VP of News and Entertainment, and Rachel Golmi, Pure Wow's Managing Editor of Branded Content. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Good. It's nice and sunny out. It's it's so sunny. I actually, so with Memorial Day weekend, I was away uh, for the weekend at the at the beach, and I was you know by a pool for a lot of it. And I, <laughs> I'm sure you've experienced this problem, but I was trying to watch content near the pool, like on my laptop. Oh, yeah. But like it's like there's like a glare, and then I have like sunscreen all over my oh, hands. The so fingerprints. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was just constantly <laughs> fingerprints on the screen. Uh, so what a challenge, you know? What a tough life I have. That is definition of a first world problem. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it was a first world problem. That's that's right. But I feel like people can relate. You know, yes, sunscreen on your screen, yeah. the glare. It was a lot. Um, oh my gosh. But we've got so much to get to today. I'm excited. We have a cast reunion like no other. The hidden gem that's giving Jurassic Park a run for its money. J-Lo's worst movie. And no, it isn't Marry Me. And the show I thought I'd hate, but I weirdly don't. All right. I like that. I, that, I feel like we need to bring back that like... Uh, yeah, the pleasantly <laughs> surprised. The pleasantly surprised segment. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. Uh, well, we have a lot of news as well. This Justin, This week's streaming news. The Hunger Games prequel has found its leading lady. West Side Story star Rachel Zegler will be gracing us with her vocal skills yet again as Lucy Gray Baird in The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. May the odds be ever in her favor. Queen Elizabeth is celebrating 70 years on the throne with her Platinum Jubilee, and she's getting a star-studded concert airing this Saturday on BBC One. It will feature Adam Lambert, Alicia Keys, Elton John, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the band Queen, and the one and only Diana Ross. Listen to coverage of the Queen's historic jubilee on our sister podcast, Royally Obsessed. If you have a hard time picturing Bradley Cooper with a pot belly, gray hair, and wrinkles, you're not alone. But thanks to the set photos from his new Netflix film, Maestro, we're getting a full glimpse. Directing and starring in the 2023 biopic... Or is it biopic? I need to. We need to you chat can say that whichever one out. You want. I, I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this is a yes and situation. It's both. Okay. okay. So slash biopic. And biopic, <laughs> Cooper is playing master Broadway composer Leonard Bernstein and will be joined by Carrie Mulligan playing his wife. Stranger Things 4 Volume 1 just dropped on Netflix and logged Netflix's biggest premiere weekend ever with 286 million hours viewed. This overtook Bridgerton Season 2, which had 193 million. Wow. Okay, I, I kind of want to talk about Stranger Things 4 because this is huge. That's wild. Uh, that's that's like a, a lot. It's a massive amount of hours views. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not a big Stranger Things fanatic. And I'm not I, either. I don't think, I, and that's fine. I think I, I watched season one and I loved Winona Ryder just like yelling like, Will, over and over again. Like that was her whole, <laughs> that was her whole dialogue, uh, just screaming her son's name. Um, but do you remember there was, it was a 2017 SAG Awards where the show won Best Ensemble for a drama series. And it was the one where Winona Ryder was making all those faces on stage. Oh, yes. It was like the night that launched a thousand Winona memes. It was so good. I just never, I'm just so thankful that Stranger Things gave us Winona Ryder's return so we could have that like wild, wild night where she was making all those faces. Yeah, she was like, like, I can't even do it. Oh, my well, God. I mean, for those, those of you who don't have uh, video on your podcast, uh, she, Rachel did just nail those faces. Um, oh <laughs> our Pure, uh, Pure Wow's senior editor of news and entertainment, Greta Hedgenis, did review the new season. 
and she gave it four out of five stars. She said it is definitely worth the watch. Uh, she said it's easy for a multi-season show to fall flat compared to its predecessors, especially since there's another season coming after this installment, but that wasn't the case. It has exceeded expectations. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And besides, there's, uh, this isn't the only piece of news that this, like, viewing hours that Stranger Things 4 made because – so there's this song apparently in the in the season – it's from 1985, and it's by Kate Bush. It's called uh, Running Up That Hill, and people are obsessed with it. And it's mm. now the number one song on iTunes. Oh, I love that. 37 years later. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the that show, is yeah, crazy. Kind of uh, revitalized, you know, like Google searches for Kate Bush are all of a sudden just spiking, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. I, um, I never got into Stranger Things. I think I maybe watched one episode i don't even think i watched a full one it's just not my vibe but i mean it does seem like a cool show it is, maybe i, I mean, should pick it up you do have to be into scary things because it is scary i mean oh, yeah. like, these See, I monsters like scary. are legit. yeah yeah i mean this is legit like i it's you know it's fun and sci-fi but it's horror. Yeah. it's a horror show you know oh, okay then never mind yeah. i'm out <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm out <laughs> that's fine they clearly don't need our viewing hours because people are watching this gosh crazy so what are some more hits we've got uh this week the hits of the week. My, I have two hits. Uh, my first one is very random, but it's Prehistoric Planet on Apple TV+. Plus. Have you heard of the show? I have, of course. Okay. Well, I had never heard of it, and then my husband turned it on, and I was just kind of like, this sounds so dumb, <laughs> but it's actually really good. So it's essentially Planet Earth but with dinosaurs. It's narrated by David Attenborough and it's a docuseries from John Favreau, which I love. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting. And the first of all, the graphics, I mean, the CGI is, I mean, obviously dinosaurs are not alive anymore. So all of this is CGI and it is crazy. It looks so realistic. It's yeah, it really baffling. looks like an immersive experience, the whole I, thing. Yeah, I forget that. Like when I'm watching the episodes, I've only watched three of them. And um, I, I mean, I forget that like they're, it's not not real you know like I, yeah. I'm just I get like very invested and I'm like oh no like the baby like, this isn't real like what is going Wait, this on is dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this too because I'm later gonna bring up a bad example of CGI uh, oh, okay. that uh, I recently stumbled upon so I'm, yeah. I'm happy that this is like so realistic I feel like this is this should be the norm now you know what I mean like yeah. these studios have so much money and We've CGI has been around for so many years that should be realistic looking, but I right. love that it's so immersive. They also apparently, because I was thinking to myself, like, as you're watching this, you're just kind of like, but how would they know that they're doing, you know, whatever they're doing on the screen, fighting, mating, sure. like there are two like dinosaur like sex scenes, essentially. <laughs> and um, they don't like show anything, but it's too, there's two <laughs> like, two, show? No, like literally no. Okay. Yeah, well, they were, there was an article I read that saying like, well, like, obviously, like, we don't really know what like dinosaur like genitalia looks like. And I'm like, sure. what? Like, what is going on? Anyway, but it was like two T-Rex. And it's well, just... what is going on is you're reading articles about dinosaur genitalia because of the show. I love this. Oh, my this God. Oh, my God. Is that like a low point or should I? Maybe it's, I think it's a high point. No. Oh, geez. But Again, anyway. this is a yes and kind of day. Yes yeah. and. It's awesome. I... Love dinosaur genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. No, it. Um. It's just very interesting. And, and like I was reading in one of the articles, they had to start with a fossil of the dinosaur and then build on in the CGI and then build on skin and muscles and all of that, which I just find so cool. Yeah. And I also learned, well, according to the show anyway, that velociraptors, you know, the ones with like the talons mm -hmm. were feathered, which I 
like my mind is blown about that. So. I feel like I knew this, but I only think I, my my knowledge of dinosaurs all goes back to Jurassic Park, obviously. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, it's like it's implied that like they're they were derived from birds, not from you know. But then there was yeah. also like the. I have to rewatch it because there was also like the amphibian DNA that they like implant in the, you know, yeah. anyway. It's a lot. This now <laughs> but makes me want to watch Jurassic Park again too. Okay. I, but I know, but then if I like go and watch Jurassic Park and then go watch Prehistoric Planet, well, yeah. like it's just going to be, I mean, this, the, well, the one, effects alone. One but, feels like a documentary or is a documentary essentially, but like the other is clearly again horror, you know? Yeah. I have been watching Love on the Spectrum on Netflix, mm. and the original series was the you know on Netflix also, but the one where it took place in Australia, and now this is the U.S. version, and it's really great. For those who haven't watched it before, it's you know uh, it features people on the aut- autism spectrum looking for love, and it kind of documents the process via this documentary crew as they go on dates, and you know it's it's really. It's just such a heartwarming show and it it feels so good even when the dates don't work out mm. because it just I, I think it's just a very hopeful show and that's the tone, you know, and uh, you really root for them to find love and they have dates at like a Ren fair. They have dates at a zoo. They go on speed dating and it, it's kind of this just interesting reminder that, you know, people who are on the spectrum, which, again, it's a spectrum. So there are people who right. have different uh, capabilities, who have different, you know, social skills. You know, a, a lot of the, these uh, the heroes on the show will say things like, you know, I'm told all the time that people don't know that I have autism because it, it's uh, they're they're a lot of it's internal and, you know, it, it's not as as visible. And then there's there's other others who uh, it's more of a challenge for them to go on dates and they've never been on a date before and they've never kissed a person before. And but they, you know, they want to find love. And it's really heartwarming to kind of watch these journeys and them go on these adorable, adorable dates. It's really uh, it, it just really, you know, it just gets you, it gets you in the, it pulls those heartstrings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, which is nice to have like these days too. And a, a nice little show to watch too before bed, which I, I always hate watching something that's too intense or too scary or, well, I don't really watch scary, but you know, and yeah, just before bed, putting on something that's heartwarming. I yeah. Love I think it's nice. It's like, it's a, it's feel good. And the only thing it does lack is a little bit of the charm of the Australian version because <laughs> they have, they just, they have the accents. Yeah. And there's just something, and we talked about this with the Rebel Wilson uh, show, but there's just something about the accents, the Australian accent that I love. And, yeah. uh, you know, they, they say things like, you know, like Rachel likes doing podcasts. <laughs> and it's like it just has a different charm than when it's just like Rachel likes doing podcasts. And you're like, ah, <laughs> you know, it, the U.S. version kind of misses that, like the charm of the Australian accent. Wait, but you do a good Australian accent. That was an accident. I don't know. It must just be really early today because that, that did. That was really good. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> that was good. Oh, my God. Not like my British one last week. That was oh, non-existent. Not re- let's not revisit that. No. <laughs> I know. Let's I put it, give you, put I it give to you the credit. side. But my, I had a second one, too, and mine uh, was also a on the reality end of things, which was The Real World Homecoming, which is on mm. Paramount+. Plus. So there have been a couple seasons, but this season is uh, focused on New Orleans, the the real world New Orleans, which aired back in 2000. And it was one that was of, the original season, right? Or no? Actually, the New Orleans real world was season nine of the show. The real world New York came out uh, in 1992. That's 30 years ago. That was the first season. It actually had their anniversary uh, just last month. Crazy. You know, obviously, this was a cultural phenomenon, you know, the real world. And I remember watching this show, this season in high school, and I was obsessed with it. 
And then I went on to watch the trashier versions, which were, they did the challenges afterwards. It was like, see, the I real, like the challenge. I, oh, I did too. Oh, of course. I oh, loved okay. them. But <laughs> I thought you were going to say you didn't like it. Oh, no, no. The challenges were great. I watched every single one of those on MTV, you know, Real World versus Road Rules. And then yeah. obviously the Road Rules series that was like kind of a, inspired by this. Um, but Real World just, it just changed the way reality TV existed. And these first few seasons, we we have a really great article on Purewell, which I'll, I'll I'll share in the the description of the the episode that uh, where we basically kind of talk about how this changed the face of reality TV, but then that changed to what mm. it is now today, where it's just like The Bachelor and things where like the people who go on these shows, you know, like are not looking for love. They're not looking for reality. They're looking for Instagram followers. They're looking yeah. for, you know, money and fame. And it's different because you don't get that same... They're aware of the camera in a different way. Like, they're performing for the camera. And they're yeah. aware of a persona that they're trying to portray. Whereas the real world didn't have that. It was just they... Because it didn't exist before that. So they didn't know what they needed to do for a camera. So they were just being. And as a result, you get some really crazy, awful things, you know, like... People aren't afraid to air their homophobia. They aren't afraid to yeah. air their racism. They weren't afraid to hit other people. There's the episode where the one guy like opens the car door and hits the girl. Like I mean, like just slaps oh her. Oh my like, god! I don't think. I, see, I think I stopped real. watching it at. Oh my gosh! What was the last season that I watched? I think it was Paris. Mm-hmm. I want to say, and I don't even remember what year that was. I I kind of dropped off after that. But yeah, it's nuts when you think about that. Like, oh my god! Like, how do you just? I, I can't even wrap my head around that because that's just not okay now. Right, of course. And well, it, it wasn't okay then, you know, right, but right, they but just didn't know that they yeah. should filter them. So anyway, so so these seven people are brought back again and we've got Jamie and Danny and Julie and Melissa, Kelly. Kelly, who is married to Scott Wolf, the actor, Matt, and there was David, who is now goes by the name Tokyo. And they are all adults and, you know, people have kids and they have families and there's just not that drama level. But then there's this one person, Julie, who clearly she was she was awful on the show then. And she you probably remember her from the challenges, too. She was the Mormon one from Brigham Young. And she comes back and she immediately tries to, like, stir up drama. And she's trying so hard to manufacture it. And the rest of them are just very chill and like normal and real. And it's, it's just interesting that she clearly is reflective of what we were kind of just talking about, which is just like what they think reality TV should be and what they think should happen. Whereas before Mm. it was organic and authentic because they were just a bunch of young drunk people in a house. And so stuff happened. And now it's clear that they're all adults and she's not. And she's trying to make things happen. Like she, she, she's like trying to like have sex and she's married, you know, like she's trying to like, she's talking about it. There are so many, and who knows if she's really trying, she's just trying to stir up good TV, but good TV, I would argue was the original when there wasn't this need to perform. Yeah, no, agree. It's really great. It's on Paramount Plus. I highly recommend revisiting. It's an easy watch and uh, it's just so fun if you loved that series to kind of revisit that. Yeah, I have to watch that. My um my second hit is so random again. Like why are both mine so random? It's Shorzy on Hulu, mm-hmm. which this is my pleasantly surprised pick because I actually am so baffled that I <laughs> like it. So Shorzy is a spin-off from Letter Kenny on Hulu. Do you know anything about Letter Kenny? Because it's kind of I to don't me, know it's about like a Letter weird Kenny. show. But, I just okay. know that this is a sitcom about hockey, which I yes. have lots of thoughts about too, <laughs> so, as a former hockey player. 
What? I, we'll talk about it later. This is oh not a podcast my God. about that. Oh, I know, boy. I know. Okay, okay. I mean, so, let's just say as a little gay kid, I was really good at skating, but not so good with the puck. But anyway, <laughs> it's fine. Not a big deal. <laughs> but skating's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so Letter Kenny is about, it's a, it's a Canadian, both of them are Canadian shows. But background on that one first, because that goes into Shortsy. So it's about these um, four town people. There, it's you know, it's a very small town. It's just kind of about that. There's not really a story. I really don't like that show. Every time that my husband has it on, I'm like, oh my, like it gives me a headache because it's so. It's honestly a little hard to describe if uh, you have to watch it. But the dialogue is very like if one person talks, it cuts to the other person, and then they're like it's back and forth and back and it's like ping pong, and they're just all very strong personalities. And there's little groups in there. So there's like the hockey group and then the stoners and the town people. And so the hockey crew, that's like the spinoff. But there's one character in there called, his name is Shorzy. And he's never seen it. Like you never see his face in Letterkenny. And which I think is kind of funny. They they always show him from the back or like in the um, bathroom stall because he has like a pre-toilet ritual. I don't even know. Like his game ritual. <laughs> it's just such a bro out show. But so they took Shorzy's character and and turned it into this show. And it's from Jared Kiso, who's in Letterkenny. And he play, he actually does play Shorzy. So you finally see his face now in the real show. I mean, every, everyone knew it was him playing him, but his voice is really high and, you know, like a Canadian accent. And the thing that I like about Shorzy that I don't about Letterkenny is that it actually has a story to follow. So you're following Shorzy, who moves to this small town in Canada, Sudbury, to play like hockey, and he just doesn't want to lose a game. And that's honestly like the premise of the show. And it does have the same feel as Letterkenny, like where they're like quick with their dialogue. But for some reason, this one just works so much more. And it's just like, it's so stupid, but it's so good. (laughs) And it just makes me laugh out loud. And like, it's just, it really is such a stupid show. It's like it's like the Ted Lasso, but for hockey. I love that. that. Like, kind of puts it into yeah. yeah. But I mean, who doesn't love Ted Lasso? And I think it's interesting that they have these like these sports shows are kind of having uh, a moment uh, because yeah. I think they're a little bit different in tone than like a Friday Night Lights, where it was like mm-hmm. much more like like serious, and we're in the town, and we're doing the stuff with the football, and the you know how I don't know <laughs> you why. do a good southern I, accent too. I don't even know. Oh, I don't <laughs> think that's the right accent, but it, it is an accent, you know. Uh, and that's a show I'd watch for just for Connie Britton, FYI. Um, Friday Night Lights. But yeah, I think I think that's that's interesting that they have a spinoff just for this yeah. one character. That's kind of fun. It is. It's like it, and it's so to me, it feels so random. And Letterkenny, I love the Stoner crew because they're just. I mean, they like go around town and dance <laughs> everywhere. They like break dance. So I wish there was kind of a spinoff for them. But the original hockey dudes that are in Letterkenny, they're not in this new show, which I also think is interesting. But it's just funny. It's like I said, it's stupid. Like it's yeah. it's not the best show I've ever seen. Yeah. But it does make me laugh, and I think that counts as a hit. So yeah. I I'm with you. I 100 uh, percent agree with you. So we like some of these things. We were pleasantly surprised. What did we hate? Misses of the week. I actually don't have a miss again this week. Wow. Uh, I know. Our producer Alfred is going to be so mad he doesn't get to play the sound effect again. <laughs> uh, because I I do have a miss, but I'm going to put it into our segment of the week, which okay. we can go right into. It It is our classic spotlight. A stream on classic spotlight. Oh, I love that. 
<laughs> I love that that sound effect makes it sound like it's a like like a classic has to be like old timey. But yeah. but now uh, I'm so old that classic just means something that I watched when I was younger, which is crazy <laughs> to me. Um, but so so to continue on what I was saying about this being a miss, uh, I would like to put a classic spotlight on the movie Anaconda, uh, which is on Netflix <laughs> uh, from 1997. And uh, I don't know if, who remembers this, but it was uh, a I sna- do. <laughs> of course. I mean, I, you should remember this, but I certainly do. Uh, but it's a cl- it was uh, it's a classic in that it's very old. Um, yeah. It stars Jennifer Lopez, John Voight, Ice Cube, and Owen Wilson. Who you know, obviously mm. Owen Wilson and J Lo go on to do "Marry Me" all these years later, which is not the worst movie she's ever made because. Spoiler alert, it is Anaconda. Uh, <laughs> so I gave it a view this weekend. I hadn't seen it in so long. And I was like, oh, I have fond memories of this movie. Like, I loved J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez at the time, you know. And, uh, I mean, she's still Jennifer Lopez. But there was no J-Lo yet. Yeah. And, uh, and it just doesn't really hold up. Speaking of the CGI you were talking about, it, it the CGI is terrible. Like, the CGI <laughs> snake is just, like... I don't know. It was like they weren't even trying. You know, the the, the snake is sometimes like wrapping around people and doesn't even <laughs> yeah. appear to be touching it. The, the proportions are all off. It looks like someone was like in a real rush to make this like snake. It's, 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 it's really, that's not great. And then John Voight, who is problematic as a person, but he also has these this insane <laughs> accent as a villain of the movie. Uh, I don't know who told him that this accent was a good idea. That's terrible. The The movie is trying to be Jaws. So essentially, if you haven't seen Anaconda, it's they go on this boat cruise and a, and a giant Anaconda uh, attacks them and starts killing them. Kind of like it sounds Jaws. So silly when it you sounds say so it. stupid, but that's that's the premise. Yeah. Uh, and J Lo is on this boat, and uh, it's it like I said, it was trying it's trying to be Jaws, so it teases out the creature for quite some time. But in Jaws, it felt very suspenseful and very scary that we mm. have not seen it. We've seen we see the fin, you know, like we see, or, you know that we see the hints of Jaws before we actually see the shark attack and the music. Yes, and the, the iconic music. And this, it just looks like like they're trying to say, do that same thing. They'll do like a, a point of view shot of the snake, but like it's just like dirty water flopping in front of the screen. <laughs> uh, so it it doesn't have that same effect, and it, it just the whole thing feels very dated and very um, not good. Um, but the only the the one bright spot in this classic spotlight is Jennifer Lopez, and she is she's actually very very good in this, uh, which shouldn't be surprising. She's a very good actress, but I think it we we talked about this with Marry Me. She's so glam that it's hard to it, it's sometimes hard to buy her now as not that that yeah. pop star that star that we see in Marry Me. So this was, you know, her kind of pre-mega fame. So it's it's cool to see her stripped down. Uh the makeup is much more natural, the uh her acting is much more natural and believable, uh, which is kind of crazy considering this is a snake horror movie. But she's really she's very good and you know, the people around her are so over the top, especially John problematic John Boyd. It's a nice contrast to see her like really give a nice performance in what is otherwise a bonkers movie. And the last thing I will say is I liked Snakes on a Plane. I thought that was fun, but part of the fun of that movie was that it was campy, you know, and I don't know if they intentionally made it campy because they obviously did have to, you know, redo some filming, but snakes were falling from overhead (laughs) bins and like, it was just, it was so fun. It felt silly. This just doesn't have that fun factor. It takes itself so seriously that I think that's why this classic spotlight is a 
thumbs down for me. Well, first of all, I love that you chose a miss for mm-hmm. this yeah, segment. Yeah, they don't have to be good classics. No, I like that. And second, I have not thought about Anaconda, the movie, <laughs> in... I, like, I can't even tell you the last time I... I used to love that movie, though. But yeah. I think just... For, I just think from the fact that obviously it wasn't a good movie, just kind of like, oh, like this is scary. And John Boyne is so creepy, like, yeah. in real life and the movie. I, yeah. I actually was always, like, terrified of his character. But, oh my gosh, I love that you picked this one because now it's, like, back in my life and I feel like I need to see it again. Hey, you can give it a revisit on Netflix. I uh, Don't let me dissuade you. I mean, I just don't think anything has changed since the first time other than us, <laughs> perhaps, yeah. our, our viewing, uh, I don't know, tastes have changed, or maybe just mine have. And maybe you'll watch this and go, I still love Anaconda the way I did it originally. But I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear your Anaconda thoughts. It, well, if it had the CGI of Prehistoric Planet, it would be a good movie. But yeah, it, obviously think, it doesn't. I think you're going to watch this and be like, man, Prehistoric Planet <laughs> like, is tell just like a robot an yeah, I mean, this, it's just, it's oh like somebody God. just like took out like, a, I drew this snake. It's, <laughs> it, no, it's not that bad, but it, it's, just, it's not good. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. What is your classic spotlight? Well, mine is a hit. But right. I feel like, I feel like on our next spotlight or our next um, segment, I feel like I need to choose a a miss. I, didn't I like purposely that angle. Do it. I wanted no, the I like Anaconda this angle. to be a hit. Yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> I wanted it to be a hit. I wanted it to be something <laughs> that I remember. I remembered it fondly. I wanted it to be yeah. still good. Um, mine is Now and Then, the movie mm-hmm. on Prime Video. It is a classic. It's from 1995 and it has the best cast ever. Yes. Let me just read off this list of people. Please. Christina Ritchie, Thor Birch, Gabby Hoffman, Rosie O'Donnell, Demi Moore, Melanie Griffith. Rita Wilson, Bonnie Hunt, Hank Azaria, Devin Sawa, and like the list goes on. It's just so good. For anyone who hasn't seen it, it's about these three friends return to their hometown to see through their childhood friend's pregnancy. And through that, they kind of just go through like the best summer they ever had from the from 1970. Rosie O'Donnell, Demi Moore, Rita Wilson, and Melanie Griffith play like the older version and then the younger girls. So it kind of flips back and forth. It's just so good. It's one of my favorite movies. Every time it's on TV, I always, it's one of those shows that like when I see it, I always stop. I don't even know if it's on TV anymore because of screen streaming, but like, do I even watch regular cable? No, but you're anyway, right. This cast is incredible. It's I, so I, good. I remember at the time, I, I don't think I appreciated it because, you know, the older version, they were all famous people, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah. But the, the younger version, I don't think they, they weren't like mega stars, but those are all very big names and they all still work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like Gabby, Ricci, Hoffman, Gabby Hoffman constantly. Yeah. 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 Gabby Hoffman's in Winning Time. I'm Thora Birch. What, isn't she going to be in Hocus Pocus? Or is she not in the new, the new one? I don't believe Thor Birch is coming oh, okay. back. I'm sorry, Dang. y'all. Dang. Disappointment. Like, and Devin Sawa. I mean, he was like the, the boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just loved it. It was, it's just such a, to me, it's a feel. I mean, it's a little, they do hit on, you know, things that kids kind of go through, like divorce. And the 70s are obviously so different than it is now. They ride their bikes everywhere. You know, they have to be home when the streetlights come on. They do um, seances in the cemetery. And it's just so, I don't know, I just it's just so cute and I love it. And I love seeing them young and then older. And they all do remain friends, which is nice. But they're all very different. Like one of the characters is like a Hollywood actress and the other became a doctor. And one of them is very earthy. And then the one who's pregnant is very um, like like housewife goody two-shoe I guess yeah um but yeah I just love it I, I love really you, do I love that you also picked this which I love this movie as well I love that you picked it because last week my hit was now and then 
the yeah. TV series on Apple TV Plus, but that is completely unla- unrelated. <laughs> but it does that same thing where you have the people, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years later as adults, and then they flash back to their younger versions. Uh, that obviously was about, you know, a murder. So there's, there's, there's a, it's, it's a mystery, a murder mystery more than a, a nostalgia fest, which yeah. I love about this movie. But uh, it is interesting that they chose the exact same name and there is that same exact kind of setup, which is basically seeing the same characters now and then. It's funny because when we were going through our shows last week and you had now and I saw, you know, on our little doc that we have and I was like, oh, the, the movie? And then, <laughs> I know, and then I was so confused. I had to go back and I was like, no, that can't be the movie. <laughs> yeah, totally unrelated. But, unrelated yeah. other than great name for a great concept. Yeah. Now and then. What did we learn this week, Rachel? What we learned. I learned that I'm an amateur paleontologist. And we're both CGI experts. Yes. <laughs> I learned that there is a movie actually worse than Snakes on a Plane. Until next time, Rachel, uh, <laughs> I look forward to your thoughts on Anaconda. I will be watching it tonight. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. That's it for Stream On. Follow us on Instagram at shows and at PureWow. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Stream On is a PureWow and Gallery Media Group production. 